Fantastic. Well, good morning, everybody. As you know, it is a bit of a good morning. As you know, word has gone around, as it does. You can't keep nothing secret in church, can you? I used to be called Susan. But, but I'm all right now. Uh, but no, uh, many of you know that it is a special morning this morning. I'm so excited. I, I could crush a grape. I could rip a tissue. I, do you know what? I, how many of you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength? Come on, I'll say it again. How many of you know the joy of the Lord is your strength? Jesus loves his church, and he is in constant communication with local churches. How many of you, how many of you actually believe that? You don't just turn up here on a Sunday because it's nice to do, or you like the people, or no. No, this is, when we come together, we are the ecclesia of God. Something supernatural happens when we come together. And, and Jesus is in constant communication with local churches. Listen carefully. Now, what I'm going to say this morning, if you listen, if you have ears to hear, especially some of you young people, then you will learn something about Jesus' love for his church that should change your life forever. He loves his church, and he is in constant communication with those local churches, listen, through those he has set in senior leadership. When you read uh, the book of Revelation, the first few chapters bear this out as he personal, personalized letters to the churches in Revelation. There were seven of them. And he said, John, I want you to give these letters to the pastors, not to the leaders, plural, but to the pastors, singular. L let, me, let me tell you something. You don't set up a church because you think it's a good thing for you to do. A church is founded and set when God puts set people there himself. Can I hear an amen here? I'm teaching ducks to quack, but, but I want us to remind us of who, where we are here. This is not the British Legion. I said this is not the social club. This is not some religious organization. This is the church of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and he loves his church. Listen. And he builds his church in the way that he's designed it. And so, when he wrote to the churches in Asia, he was concerned about the well-being of those churches. And he wrote to the pastors regarding the health of the church. And he warned them, you read the letters, he warned them of potential dangers that were lurking in their midst. He warned them of uh, the possibility of false doctrines. To some of them, their priorities had shifted to a very large church. Uh, uh, he says, you've lost your first love. I can see all the stuff you're doing. But So he was reordering priorities. He was 
warning the pastor of divisive people, and lots, lots more. But the letter was written to the pastor. The letter wasn't written to some disgruntled group. Talk to me, somebody. It was written to the pastor, and it was the pastor's responsibility to hear, to accept, and carry out those necessary adjustments. Um, You see, these letters to the seven churches were very different to the letters that Paul wrote. Paul wrote letters. They were letters to the Colossians, letters to the Romans, and so on. But these were general letters. Or every, every church could benefit from those letters. But when Jesus wrote to the seven churches in, in, in Revelation, they were specific letters to specific pastors about specific situations at a specific time. Can I hear an amen here? And uh, I feel so privileged and so humbled and so honored to have been set here in the King's Church as the senior pastor. (laughs) Privileged. Did I ask for it? You must be flipping joking. Anybody that desires senior leadership, there's something wrong with you. You don't desire, it's great to desire the office of a bishop in the right sense. But you know what, I tell you something right now. When God called me to plant this house 25 years ago this year, and you know what, I looked in the mirror this morning, I thought, my God, you look cooler now than you did then. I think it was the coat. I think it's the skinny jeans. Anyway... Whatever it was, I, I counted an absolute honor and an absolute privilege to have been in a position here for 25 years where Jesus has communicated to me personally regarding the health of this house and the direction of this house. And believe me, we've had some stuff come against us in 25 years, but we are still here. We are still here praising and worshiping God. And you know what? And I I honestly believe when I look at the history, especially now, especially through Jesus Cares, probably one of the most influential churches in Newport. And I don't say that with arrogance or pride. I'm saying it as a fact. Next Sunday night on Newport Night of Honor, we possibly could have 700 people in here. And those people probably have never been in a church before. Come on, somebody. You better get excited about that. That is influence. Now give Jesus praise in this place here. So, so these letters were written specifically, and I'm, I'm, I'm using this as, a, a, you know, as an introduction. Three weeks ago, I believe I received such a letter from Jesus regarding this church for this time. It's quite amazing, really. And what he communicated to me was encapsulated in one word. Transition. Now, it is amazing that last week, I don't know how many of you were here last week. 
How many of you heard Pastor Andy Elms preach last week? If you didn't, immediately that you leave the service, go on to our website and listen to the podcast. Because Jesus himself is speaking to this house. You know very well that I would never stand up here and say such a thing if I didn't believe it 100%. And I'm excited about what he's about to say to us. Come on, somebody, <laughs> say amen here. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I, I asked uh, Haley to scribe some of the prophecy that Andy Elms, in fact, Andy knew nothing about what was going to happen this Sunday. In fact, I spoke to Andy, I've spoken to Andy once in maybe 18 months. And uh, when he was coming here, I said, Andy, just uh, bless the people. And uh, that's all I said. Uh, and he knew nothing about what, uh, what uh, Jesus had already given me three weeks ago. And I quote, he comes in here and he says, it's amazing how God can even use people like Andy Helms. <laughs> who talks like that, ain't it? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. Because I honestly believe that God only blesses, really blesses people with Welsh accents. That's just my, that's just my, my, my own personal sort of uh, slant, you know what I'm saying? He walked in here, he, before he preached, I, I, I'm quoting exactly as he said, I really sense there is change in the air. Another word for change is transition. As I walked through the doors this morning, I was conscious that I'm coming into an environment of change, yet I know nothing. This morning when I came through the doors, I was greeted by such an expectancy of change in the environment. And I began to say to God, what are you doing? God began to give me a number of pictures. And one of them was a picture of a deck of cards being shuffled. I saw that the hand that was shuffling the deck was not the hand of man, but the hand of God. And I saw that there was a movement within the cards. I saw that there was a movement within positions within the cards, but no card was moving by itself. These cards were subject to the hand of another. How many of you know when God speaks specifically, you better listen. Uh, and I just sense that God wanted to bring an encouragement to you guys this morning. There's a spirit of change in the air, but hear the word of the Lord. Don't worry. Be Yes, but don't worry. It's not just happening in Newport, says the Lord. It's happening across Great Britain and across the British Isles. When I came through these doors, I don't want to cross any lines that I shouldn't cross this morning, but I just sense there's a change in the air. It's the change of reformation. God is shuffling some stuff in his body because he's got a plan. One of the things I saw when I came through was a deck of cards. The other thing I saw was a vine and a branch. I saw a branch and I was reminded of John 15 where it says Jesus is the vine. We are the branch and his life is our life. We find our union in him. But then Jesus introduced us to the vine dresser, the father who trims the vine or the branch that it may bear more fruit. I just sensed that uh, not in the negative context, but in the positive context, God is busy <clears throat> pruning you as a branch right now. He's busy pruning King's Church as a branch, not negatively, like you've 
not been doing that right, so let's cut it off. No, it's all good. There's a changing in the deck of cards. There's some movement within places and people that are happening right now, and God wants to give comfort to you, and it's his hand that's shuffling the pack. But also, as you are seeing things cut and trimmed, that's the hand of the vine dresser who only ever trims the branch that it might bear more fruit. Come on, somebody say amen here. <clears throat> I don't know how that outworks, but I saw a joining of the branch to other branches. Almost like the household enlarging. You becoming part, things becoming a part with you. I saw a coming together of other branches, a joining with you who are with other things that God's doing in the world. So as I looked, I thought, oh my goodness. And I walked in, and you know, it's like walking into autumn. And everything's changing here. Leaves are falling. Leaves coming through the winds are blowing. Sometimes we don't like change because it moves things that we are comfortable with. People that we're comfortable with, that we were comfortable with. But I sense God is saying that we have to trust the hand of the vine dresser. Because whatever he trims will bear much fruit. And I sense the word of God over King's Church. Not, we're not talking about any other church in Newport now. Jesus is speaking to us as a church. I sense the word of God over King's has always been, you will bear fruit that remains and glorify the Father. Now, I'm just cautious of what I say, what I don't say, but I sense there's a lot of change. There's a lot of vine dressing happening right now in the church. And God wants to underline that he's doing things to bring greater glory to him. I see the shuffling of the pack. People are moving. Offices are moving. <laughs> Excuse me. I know what's coming. Things are moving. There's a movement. And God's hand is behind the shuffling of the pack. But I also see a branch being pruned. And as it's being pruned, it's being joined to other branches. And a greater fruit is coming. That will remain. And he finishes by, can someone say amen? Let's give Jesus some praise now. Come on, give him praise, give him praise. We are privileged to be sitting here. Movement. Three weeks ago, God gave me this letter. Jesus gave me this letter for the church, and I've written it down here. The, the, the one word that encapsulates it all was transition. Andy Elms did not know that. I asked God for confirmation. I was amazed that he did that. For instance, uh, Heath and Leah, our youth pastors, came to me uh, last week or week before last, and they just feel that God is calling them on to, uh, to uh, another season in their life. And, you know, it's, it's sad when, when people move on, especially people like Heath and Leah. They've done an amazing work here, worked with our youth and our children. And so we just pray God will bless them as a family. Uh, but they believe that's what God's calling them to do. But you know what? The positive side of that is someone needs to fill the gap. And you know what I believe? As I'm preaching and ministering this morning, God's going to raise up a generation that will shake Wales to its very core. Come on, somebody say amen. I believe there's someone sitting here this morning. There's someone sitting here this morning that say, you know what? I really need, I feel a call to work with youth and children. Well, come and see us, man. 
We, there, there's somebody here that has to fill that gap. They've done an amazing job. We thank them. But you know what? King's Church goes on. God's got a plan for this house. Come on, somebody say amen in this place. So, so uh, I called Andy after he prophesied. And then I told him what the Lord uh, told me about this morning. He freaked. I freaked. We were both freaking. Because we're just freaks that happen to be called of God. And don't look at me. I look at you every look at you. Anyway, so, so, so he shared in detail, in more detail, what he saw that he couldn't share publicly. And I was amazed. And uh, he didn't know a thing that I was going to share this morning. And so it gives me great confidence to share with you this morning this letter from Jesus. Change. I'm finding that transition is happening all over the world. There is a shift taking place, and it's taking place on many levels. For instance, prophetically, there is a shift. There is a transition. When we look at the unrest in the Middle East, we see transition. You know what? Jesus is coming soon. Well, that was really exciting, isn't it? You want to stay down here forever? I said, Jesus is coming soon. We are going to be raptured soon. We are going to be raptured. The immortal will put on immortality. We're going home soon. I said, we are going home soon. This is not a home. And so, uh, in the Middle East, uh, we know it's always been turbulent in the Middle East, but in recent days there has been a change, an escalation, not only the scale of international conflict, but in the depravity of the conflict. The brutality of this new terror group, ISIS, is so bad that even Al-Qaeda will not associate with them. Who would have thought only 75 years after the Holocaust? Again, there's a growing hatred for the Jews festering amongst the nations. Transition is taking place environmentally. The earth is groaning. It's reached a level that environmentalists are realizing films like The Day After Tomorrow are not fiction anymore. Transition is taking place politically and culturally. Demographic experts are predicting that if current fertility rates in Europe continue in less than 30 years, many European nations will be Islamic states. Transition is taking place on a global scale. But amidst all this negative transition, there is one glorious, exciting, positive transition taking place, and that is in the church of Jesus Christ. There is a wonderful transition. Listen to me carefully. There's a wonderful transition taking place in the church of Jesus Christ globally, or if you want, ecclesiastically, to get the politically, environmentally, and ecclesiastically, get the words right in the sermon. And wherever I travel in local churches everywhere, listen now, particularly generationally, there is a generational transition taking place all over the world. And I love it. And I see it as I travel. Joshua's are crossing Jordans. Elisha's are picking up mantles. 
Solomons are building the dreams of their fathers. Timothys are stepping out of timidity and stepping into their calling. Come on, somebody, say amen here. There is a generational shift taking place all over the globe. There is a new generation being raised up, empowered and commissioned to meet the challenges of these end times. We experience transition in many areas of our lives. Now you can either fight transition or you can flow with it. When I received my bus pass, if you think I wanted to flow with that, you got another thing coming. There's no way I'm going down to Cine World and saying, one senior, please. No way. I made a decision. I went down there. I'm going to pay the, like the, I'm a young person. I don't, a, a number to so, tell me I'm old. So I, refer, I would pay the adult until one day I love, you, I love my popcorn. I love it. You can't watch Saw 3 with no popcorn. Do you know what I'm saying? You just can't do that. You need popcorn. So I goes down, I goes down to watch, uh, I figure it wasn't so, I just went down and I realized I only had enough money for the ticket. So, so I went up to the counter and I said, I had to do it. I said, uh, one senior, please. Excuse me, sir. One senior. So, one senior, please. Okay. I said, don't you want to see any identification? Well, they do that with the 18-year-olds, don't they? What about us then? I remember, I, see, I, I, I can't fight transition. You can't fight transition. You've got to flow with it. Honest to God, I just frightened my life in one airport. I saw this girl, 18-year-old girl from the back. She had lovely clothes on, lovely long hair. I thought, wow, you know, that's a nice young person. Then she turned around. <laughs> My God. I'm not being unkind, but her face was like Godzilla's bum. I mean, this woman, this woman must have been, this woman must have been 74. No, look, I got no problem in you dressing young, but walk, don't walk, just, just prepare us for it. And I honestly thought this woman... <laughs> doesn't realize that she's 71, not 18. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so and there's nobody in the church I hear like that. Uh, but what I'm saying is, you've got to flow with transition. Can I hear an amen here? You've got to flow with it, fight it. If we were liken, to liken transition in our lives to nature, we would, we would use um, the parallels of, of seasons. We would use language like, I'm entering into a new season. Now, let me stop here because this is the pastor in me coming out here now. I'll get back to the transition. But I, when I was reading this this morning, I just felt that some of you are going through a stormy season. A stormy season in your life. And where is God in it? Why doesn't God turn up? Why is he treating you like he treated Mary and Martha 
and didn't turn up when the situation was bad. He turned up when it was impossible. And, and some of you are like the disciples in the boat on the sea, storm thrashing up against your life. You're going down. You're fearful. You actually believe you're going under. And I just feel there's somebody here. Now watch this. This is so, so powerful. <clears throat> Jesus allowed the storm to buffet the disciples in order for them to experience him on a deeper level. Sometimes God lets us get frightened enough to need him. <laughs> Can I hear an amen here? Sometimes God will allow us to get scared enough. We're going down. For us to throw ourselves on our face and trust his grace. To know him at a deeper level. And some of you are in this storm and the winds are lashing against your life. And your mind is filled with all sorts of fears and your emotions. And you don't know what's going on. But you know, listen to this. I know, this is amazing. If you read the story in Matthew 14, watch this. The disciples never worshipped him as a group before. It took a storm for them to experience him on a deeper level. It says in Matthew 14, 33, Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. You won't find them worshipping when he heals a leper. You won't find them worshipping as a group when he forgives an adulteress. You won't find them worshipping as a group when he preaches to the masses. You find them worshipping him after the storm. Why? Because that's the time they were the ones who were saved. They were the ones who were touched. They were the ones who were rescued. Come on, somebody say amen in this house. They did the only thing they could do when Jesus saved them from certain destruction, and that was we worship you. Thank you, Jesus. They knew him on a deeper level, but God had to allow the storm. He didn't still it. He walked on it. When you recognize God as creator, you will admire him. When you recognize God as teacher, you will learn from him. When you do, when you when you, uh, when you discover his strength, you will rely on him. But it's only when he saves you that you will worship him. A stormy season of trial and suffering is a small price to pay for a deeper relationship with Jesus. Come on, let's give him praise. Endure the storm! You'll know him. You'll know him at a deeper level. Transition is generally organic. It's not organized. Come on, if you're still with me, say amen here. Transition is generally organic. It's never organized. It's normally a process. It's not an event. You don't wake up one morning and say, hey, summer was yesterday. It's winter now. No, we walk through the process of transition. The leaves change color. The temperature changes. 
and we adjust accordingly. We change our clothing. Days get shorter, so we adapt to the transitioning of the seasons. Except for extreme weather, nature never ambushes us. Winter doesn't jump into July the 16th and say, hey, hey, surprise. No, it's very unwise to fight organic transition, both in the natural and the spiritual. Just like summer has to give way to winter the natu- in, in the natural. So we need to recognize when there is a seasonal transition in the church. And we need to recognize it and embrace it. This scripture God gave me, uh, 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 Isaiah 43 verse 19, um, and it says this. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It's divinely orchestrated. I am doing a new thing. And what I'm sharing with you this morning is not something we conjured up. God says, I am doing a new thing. It's divinely orchestrated. When a conductor signals for the violinist to stop playing so the trumpet can play his part, if the violinist kept playing just because he liked the limelight, then the whole symphony would be ruined because the violinist refused to accept the transition orchestrated by the conductor. Come on, somebody say amen. And this is what Jesus is doing. Now watch this. Stay with me because I'm taking you somewhere. It's not only orchestrated by God. It's organic. Now it springs forth. It grows. It's both a process, but at the same time, presently active. The moment you cut your grass, it's already started to grow again. But you don't sit there and watch it grow. You can sit there on the lawn after you've cut the grass. You can see no movement, but the grass is in the process of growing again. Transition is organic. It has to be recognized. Do you not perceive it and know it? It has to be submitted to. Will you not give heed to it? As I travel the world, so many leaders and churches don't recognize the leaves are changing color. For various reasons, they hold on to sameness and position, and they sabotage God's best for their, for their lives and for their churches also. They live in denial. They continue to wear shorts and T-shirts in the, in the chilly autumn months of transition. They confess it's summer, refusing to accept what's obvious. Transition is taking place. The season is changing. Now let me get very specific here. For those of you that have been part of our church, the King's Church, Newport, for at least the last four or five years, you would have observed that the leaves are changing color. Can I hear an amen here? Some of you know that something's going on, but you didn't know what it is. Well, you're listening to the Spirit of God because in times of transition, until God comes and gives a word of clarity, and the Bible talks about the fullness of time. 
And uh, there's lots of things I've wanted to share with you. But it wasn't the fullness of time. This is the fullness of time for this house. And a few years ago, at one of our staff meetings, now just a regular staff meeting, we're sitting around the table there, and all of a sudden, I, I, we just felt the Holy Spirit just came. And out of my mouth, without any premeditated words, I began to prophesy transition for this house. Do you remember that, Haley? Remember that day, Faith? It was, it was, it, it was, it was just prophetic. That was maybe three, four years ago. Three years ago. And uh, I began to prophesy transition for this house, especially in the area of leadership responsibility. It was very emotional. <laughs> Tissues were out. And it was very challenging for all of us. And at that time, very scary. But over the years, over the years, we've been submitting to or giving heed to, as the word says, this organic transition, which is orchestrated by the conductor of this house, who is the Holy Spirit. And as we recognize more and more over the years that God is doing a new thing, in fact, on hindsight, we've been in transition for a number of years in three areas. First of all, doctrinally. We have gone from preaching grace a lot to preaching grace alone. There's been a massive shift in my life. I've shared with you again and again, the gospel of the grace of God has totally revolutionized my life and my thinking. And God told me maybe five, six years ago to transition the church doctrinally. Can I hear an amen here? And it's been a process. We've been in transition culturally. I believe in the 25 years that I've been the minister here, we've, we've, we've changed. We've transitioned from a preaching center into a community. And that's still a work in process. We haven't got there yet. People still don't like being with each other yet. That was a joke. Anyway, we're working at it. We're not there yet, but we will get there. Come on, somebody say amen. There's a transition culturally, and there's also been a transition responsibility, in responsibility. As the season has been changing for me and Lila, in the area of ministry, nationally and internationally, it has meant an increased responsibility for Pastor Dave and Faye locally. You've seen that over the last few years particularly. You've obviously noticed over the past few years, I've been away a lot, more than ever before. And people have been saying, Pastor, many mean. Well, it's none of your business, number one. Uh, I'll tell you what I've been if I need to tell you. What's going on? Well, I'll start asking you what's going on then. No, and I understand. Uh, Pastor Ray, why are you away so much? And I've, I've longed to say, I've longed, to, and I haven't had the answers myself. All I know is there's an increasing responsibility on my life and my ministry 
nationally and internationally. And, and, uh, and it's been a difficult, you know, some of you have realized I've been away more than I ever have. Some of you going, yeah, pastor, stay away a bit longer. <laughs> I'm not that insecure, that's fine. Some of you have been saying, you know, uh, I haven't really noticed, pastor, to be honest with you. And for the three that have been crying, thank you very much for missing me. <laughs> Come on, are you still here? It's been, um, the, the season is changing for me. There is a transition taking place. Uh, it's a new thing that's springing forth. And you can't fight that transition when God's in it. When God's orchestrating it. So this morning, you know, I, I believe it's been an organic transition. Now I believe we have to take that responsibility to another level, both locally, nationally, and internationally. So this morning before this congregation, this is the time to release Dave and Faye into a greater responsibility locally in order for me to step into a greater responsibility nationally and internationally. I'm believing for a big amen right here. Come on, give Jesus some praise in this house. Some of you may say, some of you may say, why Dave? Exactly, I've asked the same question. In fact, God has asked the same question. (laughs) Why Dave? Hey, listen. Why anybody? If anybody thinks, well, it should be me, go do some bricklaying and learn some lessons. Why Dave? I'll tell you why, Dave. You young people, listen to me carefully. You young leaders, listen to me very carefully. I hope you learn something about the principles of local church, the way Jesus sets it up. Why Dave? Successful transition is always achieved through sonship. Because a son has the same DNA as the dad. The classic example is the father and Jesus. He did not send an angel as his representative. In fact, one of the angels thought he should be the representative. He overshadowed the presence of God, and in his heart he says, I can do that. And he influenced a third of the angels to leave their estate. No, no. You see, God's not going to send anybody to any local church unless they have the DNA of the dad. Come on, somebody say amen in this house right here. Now watch this. And it's a two-way relationship. It's a two-way relationship. I've known Dave, and he'll share in just a moment. I've known Dave since, you know, he was a transvestite. I, 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 I've, I've, I don't know where that came from. I've got to try and make this a bit light, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to go, oh, my God. No, listen, this is a, man, this is a glorious day in this church, man. This is exciting. And, uh, and he'll share with you, but, but, you know, it's a two-way. You know, uh, again, listen, listen very carefully. I really get question marks when people say they feel 
they should instead of because very often the, the people that God chooses don't want it. Come on, somebody say, man, they don't want it. And when Elijah was transported into heaven, Elisha was known, Elisha, Elijah's uh, uh, understudy, do you know what he was known for? Washing his hands. He was known as the one who washed the hands of the prophet. Not the ministry, the miracles. And so what happened was when Elijah was taken up to heaven and, 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 uh, and, and Elijah said to Elisha, keep your eyes on me. The mantle's going to fall. Keep your eyes on me. And this is a wonderful picture. When Elisha was looking up at Elijah going into heaven and the mantle was falling, the ministry was falling, the miraculous ministry, the anointing was falling, Elisha cried out this, my father, my father. He didn't cry out, my mantle, my mantle. Are you here? True test of a son. Dave didn't ask for this. Dave didn't crave it. Dave has never manipulated his way into a position and gathered people to himself. He has always honored his dad. In this house. Always honored his father. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't mutiny his way. And I'm telling you something right now. Hear me. And hear me good. Never follow anyone. That cries. My mantle. My mantle. My ministry. My position. Always scrutinize the agenda of the people you're following. Can I hear a big amen here? And I chose Dave. I didn't choose Dave. God chose Dave through delegated authority. Because he's always cried, my father, my father. And now even as the mantle falls from heaven, he's still crying. My father, my father. I called him last night to encourage him. I'm laughing my head off with joy. He's crying like a baby on the other end of the phone. And this is what he said to me, Pastor, you've sacrificed so much over 25 years, and I feel I've sacrificed nothing. And he cried, and I said, Dave, the crap is coming your way soon. <laughs> I'm sorry, as I said to him, as I said to him. Watch this. I'm nearly through. I've got to take my time. Don't worry about the kids. We've got a manacle to the wall, all right? Are you still here? Are you getting this here? Learns. This is not just, this is, this is an object lesson for local church, how Jesus does it. Now, let me just say something. If you can't follow Dave and Faye, don't stay here in strife. If they can't get your 100% support, then please don't spread that around. Go find a little place somewhere where you can follow somebody else. But don't stay here if you can't follow this couple. Because I'm telling you something right now. 
they've been planted by God this morning in this house right here. Come on, somebody say amen. And I would encourage you, listen, I'm not being, I mean, I would encourage you, if you can't follow them, then leave. Because, uh, because I don't want to be traveling around the world. And I'll share this in a moment right now. This is my home. This has now become a springboard for me. And I don't want to be away knowing that there's strife here. And you know what? Listen, any clicks will be dealt with. They will, with authority. And we have to do it that way. So just be kind, okay? And be wise. And do you know, do you know what I think? No, listen. The wisest thing you could do, follow this couple. I say it again. The wisest thing you can do is follow this couple into the next season. And um, now, 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 having said that, now this may upset some people. I'm not going anywhere. I'll say it again. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not going anywhere. Okay. I'm still the founding pastor. This will always be my home. And when I asked Andy about shuffling the pack, he said, Ray, the great thing about I saw when God was shuffling the pack, the king was still in the pack. So, I am not going anywhere. I'll be in constant communication with Dave. I'll be encouraging him, mentoring him, challenging him, envisioning him. And I will still be preaching here. I will, it will always be my home. The disciples were fearful because Jesus was leaving. And do you know what Jesus said when he was leaving? I'm going and I'm staying. What? I'm going and I'm staying. Well, what are you talking about? I'm leaving and I'm not leaving. What? Jesus, now it's making it worse. They're all crying. Don't go, Jesus. I'm absent and I'll be present. What? I'll be with you in a different form. I'll be active through a different medium. In the same way, I'm going, but I'm staying. And he was present with them in the Holy Ghost. Do you understand what I'm saying? And although I'm leaving, I'm staying. I'll be ministering in a different form. <laughs> Also, the prophecy, the prophecy mentioned branch to branch, didn't it? Branch to branch. The branches were linked to other branches. And it's amazing what God's been doing over the last year. Branches joining to branches over the past year under the radar. We've been building relationships with pastors all over Europe. Dave has been going to conferences and building relationships with leaders across Europe. We've been actively building a closer local church link to Hillsong London. I've been friends with Hillsong for 30 years. But over the last year or so, we've been we're making closer links. On a regular basis, Pastor Dave will be going up to London and sitting in the staff meetings with Gary Clark, the senior pastor of Hillsong, and learn and grow and be stretched. Our creative team and our worship team are already in communication. Our administrative uh, uh, aspect of the church. We'll be, see, branch is coming to branch. And I'm excited about it. I will be actively building closer links with leaders on my trips. 
linking churches. I'm going to be an ambassador for the King's Church Newport. Amen. And you know, do you know, this is wonderful about Dave. Uh, like Andy Elm said to me, do you know what, Ray? Listen, when I shared with him the whole vision, he said, do you know what? I saw God give you a golden key. I felt like Willy Wonka's factory or something. I said, what's the golden key? He said, I'm giving you a gold because he said, you will always have access to your house. Watch this. And Dave will never change the locks. Father, son, son, father. This morning has a dual purpose. To set and to send. To set Dave in as lead pastor supported by his wonderful wife, Faye. I said his wonderful wife, Faye Edwards, whose mom and dad is here. And I want to thank you publicly for investing your life into this young woman, for your example as parents, showing the priority of Jesus in your home. And I'm sure you're so proud of her this morning. Let's give it up for the parents here. And also Dave's parents. Dave's parents are here. And uh, Dave, Dave's father, John. What's your mum's name? I know that. Steak Diane. So John and Diane. John is a... John has committed his whole life. I remember preaching in John's church in Lurgan. Who'd want to live in a place called Lurgan in Northern Ireland? That's where I met Dave first. He'll probably share it with you. Thank you, John. Thank you, Diane, for investing your life into this young man and blessing him and encouraging him. Let's give up for Dave's parents also. So... This morning is a morning where we're going to set Dave. Listen to me carefully. Now, words are important. He's not the senior pastor. He is the lead pastor of this house. I am the foundational pastor and will be closely working with Dave. I'll say it again. I'm not leaving. I'm staying, but I am leaving. I am absent, but I'm present. Come on, somebody say amen right here. Okay? It's exciting. It's exciting. And um, not only are we setting Dave, but you are sending me. You've been sending me. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. You, you've been sending me to places all over the world for years. Now I just feel this season in my life, God's releasing me to be an abolitionist to the body of Christ. Last night, I had a phone call. Can't say too much. Last night. It's been a confusing time for me. It's been a painful time for me. Lots of tears have been shed. Lots of difficult situation unresolved. But when God is about to birth something, he always tries to, the devil always tries to kill it in its infancy. So I'm aware of that. So pray for me and Lila. Don't talk about us. Pray for us, please. Pray God's blessing on our marriage. 
Pray God's, God's blessing on our lives. Pray God's blessing on our ministry together. And if you hear anybody say anything bad about us, smack them in the mouth. You never hit like this, go, that's the, that's, the, that's the most effective. They'll go down like a sack of spuds. And then lift them up in Jesus' name. And say, what did you say? Nothing. Bless you. It's time to stop pulling each other down, especially leadership. So please don't talk about us. If you find people that are talking about us, you know, you know I'm just joking. Not and uh, just, just you know, walk away. They just anyway. You're sending me as an abolitionist to the body of Christ. Last night, I had a phone call. I can't tell you too much. A key phone call. There's regarding a situation involving television, which could possibly give me a platform to the whole nation. In a positive way. In a po- it came out of the blue. I shared with Dave and I've rung Haley. I've rung uh, Anne Colwyn and a couple of other people. And uh, I was so excited. So would you pray for me? Because uh, this platform could be quite, quite influential regarding TV. And so uh, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to give Dave and Faye a massive clap as they come up here. Come on. Come on. Give it up! James, musicians, come. Come on, let's give him a big clap right here. Come and stand here, guys. Come on, what sort of clap is that, man? Encourage them. Encourage them. Encourage them. Could I have their mums and dads up here too? Any brothers here? Come on, John. Dave's brother. Come up, please. Come on, let's give them a clap, everybody. Give them a big clap. Come and stand alongside them. Come on, John. Let's give Dave's brother a clap right here. Come up here, John. Come on, man, let's give Jesus a big clap in this house right here for what he's doing amongst us, what he's doing amongst us. Dave, my son, Faye, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. You don't have to prove yourself to people. Live with an audience of one. A worker who does not need to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babblings. Don't get involved, Dave, in irrelevant things. For they will increase to more ungodliness. Flee also youthful lusts. 
that pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord, you've seen this in me over 25 years, Dave. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and is appearing on his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort. You have this authority to do that. With long suffering and teaching. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves, teachers. You'll find that day. Isn't that right, John? In church life, sheep follow sheep when they should be following shepherds. You're a shepherd, a true shepherd, Dave. But be watchful in all things, endure affliction. <laughs> we don't want that one, do we? <laughs> endure affliction to the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Just kneel. John, come here. Can you just hold this mic for me? Stretch your hands towards this couple, everyone. Just hold the mic. Lord, you've said that the laying on of hands, in the laying on of hands, something happens. You've also said, don't lay hands on someone quickly. This couple have proved themselves. I believe. They are the succession for this house locally. So, Dave and Faye, I lay my hands on you. I say no more, but lay hands on you and believe for a transfer, for an impartation. Whatever this means, whatever God does, I lay my hands on you and set you in this house as lead pastor. Somebody pray in the spirit with me. Shambrotesta saprote kerebesa. Shakoto briore besta saprote keriabratemani. Thank you, Jesus. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Dave and Faye Edwards. Wow. Amen. You may be seated for a few moments. Do you know, um, I really do want to say something. Um, But before I do, um, as you know, we're celebrating this year 25 years of being planted in this city. And um, right throughout the year, we're going to be celebrating that and have been celebrating that. But uh, just before I speak, we're going to just listen to a few tributes that we've received um, just regarding just Pastor Ray's faithfulness in this, in this city over the last 25 years and also tributes to honor 
the 25 years that we've been here. So just before I speak, let's watch the screens, listen, and I can go to the toilet as well because I'm really nervous. I thought they were longer than that. Um, I've already seen them, so um, weren't they fantastic? Amazing. But um, yeah, if I could just share just a little bit, if I manage to, you know, if my emotions hold up, um, if I can just share just a little bit about my journey, um, obviously with Pastor Ray and also with the church here. Um, You know, Pastor mentioned that first time we met was in 1983 when um, Pastor Ray was invited to come to my, uh, my dad and mum's home in Northern Ireland. And uh, my dad billed him as Bev Bevan from ELO. And uh, all these people started to come from, from all over the, the island to see Bev Bevan when it was actually Ray Bevan. So that's, uh, by the way, but do you know that, that week of um, meetings that, that Pastor Ray did in Lurgan were very, very powerful. And I remember coming down um, before, right at the, the beginning of the, the week, coming down the stairs, and I, I remember it vividly in our home there. And he was just setting up his, his, uh, his music equipment. And I remember the Holy Spirit meeting me on the stairs. I don't really know how to describe the experience, but it was very real, very tangible. And it was something that I wasn't acquainted with. I was only 13 years of age. I didn't really know what that was about. But I came into the, into the, the front room that we had there, and he had all his gear out. And uh, immediately I was greeted by this man that was interested in me, a person that was just, 
you know, showing interest in where I was at. And, you know, all of us know Pastor Ray to be that person. He's got this amazing ability to connect with people, whether they're old people, whether they're young people, whether they're children. People love our pastor. And that's a wonderful, wonderful ability to have. And there was um, just this connection that I didn't really know what it was about. But there was something that happened in that moment when I met him. So a gentleness, a, a genuine interest, a kindness coming from him. And obviously that, that is Jesus. That, that's who it is. And then, you know, come forward 10 years. So from 83 to 93, I, I come here to the church. And I, I know that God has called me to this place for this reason and no other reason. Because I wanted to be under this man's ministry. Simple as that. Nothing else. Remember coming in and uh, just feeling really broken, really disillusioned, really not knowing what, what was going to happen with my life or where I was going. Um, and I came in, and again, that same interest, that same gentleness, that same joy that valued me as a person for where I, for where I was at and, and who I was at that time, again, just, just brought me in close. And then just down through the time, you know, I, I, I spoke, I think it was about a year later, I spoke to Pastor Ray about going to Bible school. And um, God had told me that um, I needed to go to South Africa, to Rhema Bible School in South Africa. And I had this in my heart, and I, I, I was praying and hoping that Pastor Ray would, would it would be okay. And uh, I, I went to him. I was a bit nervous. I said, oh, you know, Ray, I'd, I'd, I want to go to Bible school. I really feel called to do that. And uh, he said, well, I know what Bible school you need to go to. I said, right, fantastic. Well, I've, I've, I feel like I, I want to go somewhere in my heart. He said, you need to go to Rhema Bible School in South Africa. We've got connections there. I can help you to, 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 to uh, just the other end to, to meet people there. I said, Ray, I said, that's where I want to go. So, you know, through, through various sort of things that happened there, I mean, God did miracles to get me there. And I began to see that, that, that my life was on a course, like all of our lives, that, that somehow God was ordering my steps. And I didn't really know where he was ordering me or, or what he was doing. Um, but it was almost like I was walking backwards into my future, looking at the promises of God, not knowing anything that was in front of me, but somehow God was orchestrating and maneuvering things. Came back from South Africa, fantastic, and, and um, like a dad, you know, Ray said to me, he said, right, time to get a job. Get back into engineering. You know, let's test what you've learned. And it was fantastic. I was really excited. And again now, God was being faithful and got me a job and got me work, and, and, and I was prospering in that. Then the time came in 1999 where Pastor Ray rung me up one day. He said, Dave, he said, I want you to think about something. I want you to come in on the leadership team. And um, that, sort of, that sort of began to happen for about three to six months. Then he phoned me one day. He said, Dave, he said, I want you to think about taking this a step further now. I want you to think about coming and working for the church full time. I said, wow, Ray, that sounds fantastic. Okay. So we had a meeting and we chatted. And then I said to Ray at the end of it, I said, you know what, Ray? I can't do this. 
I can't do this. I, 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 I can't take this step. We were in Junction 24, the, the restaurant. And um, I said, Ray, I said, you know, in one sense, my head is, is raging against what my heart is saying. But my, heart, my head is saying, Dave, you've got to go for this. You've been to Bible school. You've done all of these things. Your, your heart is in, in King's Church. But my heart was saying, I can't do this because God hasn't made a way. I can't, I can't just say, say yes to something that God is not propelling me into. And again, the words of a father said this. He said, Dave, he said, do you know what you need? You need a word from God. That's what you need. I said, Ray, that is it. I said, if I have a word from God, I'll be able to do it. But until I get that word from God, I cannot do what you're asking me to do. He said, Dave, absolutely fine. He said, look, you're in the church. You can continue, you know, preaching. And he said, it doesn't change anything. He said, you just wait for that word. Well, that night, about three o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit came into my room and he put things right. He put things right in my heart where I didn't have the faith or the trust or the, 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 the determination to make that step. I'd come to the end of myself and I needed God to, to enable me to cross that breach, to cross, cross that distance. I, didn't, I was too afraid to do it. And he came into my room and I said, Lord, if you give me a word, if you will speak to me. And I was terrified because the presence of God manifest in my room very tangibly and I couldn't move. And um, I said, Lord, if you will speak to me, I will do it. And he said, I'm your shepherd. You shall never want for anything. You shall never lack. I said, Lord, I'll do it. And I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning. I spoke to Pastor Ray. I said, Ray, I said, God has given me a word. God has allowed me to say yes to what you're asking and what you're requiring. So then came in on, on staff, and, and um, I remember the first words that Pastor Ray said to me. He said, Dave, he said, what you're about to experience in this church, Bible school would not have prepared you for. And I'm telling you, man, those words have rung true all the way down throughout the years. But, you know, it has, it has been a journey. It really has. I, like Pastor Ray said, I have never put my hand up and said, excuse me, can I do what you're doing? I'm more than contented. I am more than happy driving a van for Jesus Cares. I love it. And that's what I'll be doing tomorrow morning. Going to Cardiff. I absolutely love it. And that won't change for me. It really won't. Whilst there will be increased responsibility to minister, what a joy that is. But you know, it has been, it has been a journey for me. And I've, you know, like Pastor Ray said, why Dave, right? Why Dave? I have asked myself that question. There's been lots of tears. And I can't come to any answer, why Dave? Because as far as I'm concerned, and I've said this recently, God has chosen a foolish thing. A foolish thing. And I don't claim, for it, I don't claim it to be anything else other than foolish. But God, you know, God has, God has done this. And you know, I've, I've uh, often asked the question, why me, Lord? Why? And um, about, I think it was about two years, about two years ago, well, it was long, let me, let me just go back about 
seven or eight years ago. Seven or eight years ago, the Holy Spirit gave me a dream one night. And in that dream, I saw this. I saw a meeting that I was in with Pastor Ray and Paul Scanlon. And when, I was, I went, when we were in the meeting together, the three of us, Pastor Ray and Paul were talking about transition. We're talking about um, uh, increasing my responsibility in the leadership of this house in, in a season that was going to occur sometime in the future. And I woke up and I thought I was really troubled. I was afraid at what I saw. I didn't want, I didn't want you know, to see that. But the Bible says that the, 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 the Holy Spirit will show you concerning things that are ahead. And I knew that he'd opened a chapter of my life to me that I couldn't ignore anymore, that I, that I had to look at. But I hid it in my heart. I didn't tell anybody. And that, I, I hid it in my heart for probably about seven years until one day Pastor Ray came up and he said, hey, Dave, he said, really exciting. He said, I've been tweeting Paul Scanlon. And he said, we've been conversing back and forth and Paul wants to come down and minister. Isn't that fantastic? And immediately I knew in my heart that the time had come for that dream to actually become a reality. Now, I didn't say anything. I did not say anything. I thought, no way. There is no way that I am moving the hand of God here. I don't have to. Because, listen, you know, I'm content to do what, doing what I'm doing. I really am. And then, um, so, you know, Ray's saying, look, really excited. Paul's coming. Yeah, fantastic, Ray. Uh, at this point, I spoke to Faye. I said, Faye, I said, I want to bring you in on something. Because I want you to see now so that we can see together how accurate the Word of God is in directing our steps. Because what I've wanted to ignore, what I felt really uncomfortable about, God is saying, Dave, listen now. This isn't about you. This is about what I want. And it's been hard for me to accept that. Whenever Pastor Ray would say to me in little ways, Dave, one day, you know what? I'm going to hand the baton to you. I would feel very uncomfortable with that. I would not like to talk about it. I just, it's just something I don't like. And it's been a journey for me. It's been a, it's been a, a real, you know, transfer, um, transitioning for my life. It's not something that, that, that I have tried to, to, to take hold of. But anyway, so Paul was coming, Paul Scanlon, and we were really excited about that. And I said, Faye, you mark my words. I said, there will be a meeting. And I will be in it. I said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I tell you now, Paul is not just coming to preach in this church. Paul is coming to chat with Ray, and I will be in that meeting because God has ordained it. Well, we're on the way to church. Well, I'm just about to get into the car. The phone rings, Pastor Ray on the phone. He says, Dave, I know this is unusual. He said, but how about coming to dinner with me and Paul this afternoon? Now, he, he never does that because when, when he is with senior pastors, Pastor Ray needs his time with them. But this day was different. I said, wow, okay, Pastor. Jumped in the car, said, Faye, here we go. I, and I, I could have, well, I, she knew what the nature of the conversation was going to be. We went to dinner, and the only thing that we talked about was transition, organic transition, and 
um, the, the whole role of lead pastor and what it means and what it entails. And that happened. So I'm, I'm saying that for this reason only, right? I've been on a journey. And I've had to accept that God is doing this, that God is leading in this way. And can I just say this, just to say what Pastor Ray said, and, and then we'll call Pastor Ray up and pray for Pastor Ray. But can I say this? Now listen, Pastor Ray, how many times has he said, you're going to see me coming up here on a Zimmer frame? He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. We are just having an increase in, uh, an increase in responsibility. And when you look in the New Testament, this happened regularly regularly with Paul and Timothy. Paul would go into a city and he had an amazing ability to bring church into cities, to, 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 to take the kingdom to unreached places. And he could establish a church. Did it in Ephesus. He did it in Corinth. He did it in so many places. And what would happen is Paul would establish a church. He would found a church like Pastor Ray has done here. And then the larger call on his life other nations would be calling for Paul, and the Holy Spirit would be putting pressure on Paul to leave the church that he had founded and move on to another place that he was being called to. And what he would do, he would put a pastor in who had been faithful, a pastor in, like Pastor Ray said, who you know, hadn't tried to you know, usurp and manipulate things and do things that weren't right. He would, put, he, would, he would put a man like Timothy in, or Titus in, or Philemon in. And Timothy would be the pastor in the church that Paul had founded. And then Paul would be free to go and travel. But what you see happening, and you only see this happening with a father and a son relationship. Paul would come back to the church that he founded. Paul would come back and say, hey, Timothy. You've been doing a really good job for the last six months feeding everybody McDonald's and fries. But now they need some good food. I'm good at fast food. I'm good at McDonald's and fries, like Timothy. But then the the seasoned apostle would come in and he would know what the church would need. And he would come in and he may come in for a week. He may come in for another three months. He may come in for six months, depending on his diary. But Timothy would say, Paul, I've looked after it best I can till you got back. Now you're back. Come on, Paul. The people want you. The people want to hear what's been happening. And Paul, like Pastor Ray said, would never feel that the locks of the door were changed. Paul knew that he had open access at any time into the church that he had founded. Now, this is my heart. This is my heart. This is Faye's heart. This is the heart of Pastor Ray, that um, yes, Pastor Ray's diary and, and Pastor Lila's diary is filling. You know, October, November, December is full. But then January, there's a break. So pastor's going to be here, providing those two Sundays don't get booked up. Who knows? But I tell you now, it's great. And, and um, we are really honored. We are really honored to be trusted uh, together with you, to magnify Jesus, you know, in this city, to continue to magnify him, and um, just to be together. Can we stand again? We're going to pray for Pastor Ray now as we, as we send him.
So, John, you come. And uh, we're going to pray right now. I know my brother's got a word for Ray, so we want to we wanna share that. Coming up, John. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Pastor Ray, the father of this house. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, you have called him not only to be father and founder of this house. That will not change. That will never change, Lord. But, Lord, you have called him further afield as well, as we've seen over the many years. We thank you for the wonderful blessing of his local ministry here. Lord, we thank you that we'll never lose that, that that is part of what you've commissioned him to do in this church and all over Wales. But Lord, we thank you for that side of his ministry that is uh, global. And Lord, we thank you for the streams of ministry and the, the relationships that you have given this man and how he's brought those relationships into this house over many years to bless Wales and to bless the nation. And Lord, as we send him today as a congregation, Father, we thank you that, Lord, he will go in your strength, both Ray and Lila, they will go in your strength. Lord, we thank you for new doors of opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for for wide open doors. Lord, for your gospel of grace the kingdom of God to go forward with power, with anointing, with great success. And Lord, we thank you that, that Lord, as he goes, Lord, there, as they go, there will be great blessing and great harvest as there has always been. But even in an increased measure, we pray for it, Lord. And Lord, we pray for whole cities, Lord, to come under. Lord, the wonderful favor of your presence, the wonderful favor of your gospel. As this man carries your anointing and your word, Lord, we will commit ourselves to pray for them. We will commit ourselves to rejoice with them. And as they return, Lord, and come into this house, Lord, great will be the rejoicing and great will be the singing, Lord, in his heart as he sees us, but also in our heart as we see him. In Jesus' name, amen. For where brothers dwell together in unity, and the heart of the Son is joined to the Father, and the heart of the Father is joined to the Son, so my anointing flows, says the Lord. For the anointing that is flowing this day is not stale, neither is it old, but it is fresh, says the Lord. And even this day I say to you both, the resources of heaven are released unto you. For it will be like a blank check, says the Lord, that is already open to you. Therefore, in your asking, so there will be a writing in the heavens that will release the resource unto you, says the Lord. And the resource will be nations, and the resource will be leaders, 
And indeed, up until this time, that which has been your ceiling, says the Lord, will be the floor that you walk on. For this day, I'm removing the ceiling. This day, I'm removing the limitations. And this day, says the Lord, I'm sending you to this house. And I'm sending you to this nation, says the Lord, to bring about to the house and to the nation fruit that will last. Therefore, ask for the nation, says the Lord. Ask for the city, says the Lord, and they will come. From the north, the south, the east, and the west, they will come. This is your inheritance. This is your time. Not the time of man, but Kairos time, says the Lord. The time of God. Therefore, go, go, go. And they will come, 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 says your God. Come on, somebody! Jesus! Somebody shout, Jesus! Jesus! Wow. This is New Testament. This is how it's done. Not going off and set, setting up some little group somewhere. This is how it's done. Oh, I sense the presence. Come on. Do you sense the presence of Jesus? You know, I can see some tears out there. One or two crying for me. Thank you. <laughs> no, tears of joy, man. Tears of excitement. New season. And I'll say again, get behind this couple. Get behind them. Pray for them. Don't criticize them. Pray for them. Dave is one of the finest preachers I have heard in this country. I'm telling you now. When, when I first heard him preach, when I first heard Dave preach, it was scary. It's the Edward family scary anointing. Scary. And I, when I heard him preach, I thought, my God. Now, I had to fine-tune it a bit. Because every time he got up here, he was beating people up and frowning at them like this. I said, get that frown off his face. I got a smile on him. But, uh, but you guys, we, we are on a great journey together. It's going to be great, Dave. And I'm going to come back. And you know what? Uh, Haley will tell you. The, the phone, the emails, I, had, I, I can't say no anymore. I mean, in October, I'm going to Sweden. I'm going to, what we got? Edinburgh. We're going to Sweden. We're going to Amsterdam. We're stopping back over to Sweden. We're going to Paris. Um, we've also, we've everything kicking off. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, so the King's Church is, uh, uh, as your ambassador, and the ambassador for the King, I'll be everywhere. So, so you know what? We haven't taken our offering yet. Just, just, take, a, just take a seat for a moment. What a time to give, folks. If you believe in the vision of this house, now's the, time to, now's the time to give. Give an offering this morning and say, Lord, we are believing for this next season. And just don't just say it, but show it with your giving. We need all the finances we can get for the next season. Don't stop your giving. Increase it. So as you give, if you're writing a check, write it to the King's Church, Newport. King's Church, um, and there's envelopes on your seats. If you want to give by credit card, 
if you really believe in what you're seeing this morning, this is succession done the right way. This is transition done the right way. There's a spirit of joy here. There's a spirit of rejoicing here. And I can't, man, I can't wait. I mean, look, when I'm away somewhere, my heart's going to be, well, it's like almost 10 now. They're starting the singing. And, uh, yeah, one of them's out of tune again. Doesn't matter, though, because it's fine. And so, and so my heart will be here. So, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your letter to us. Because if you hadn't given us a letter, I would be just overstaying my season, and it wouldn't be right. So thank you for your wisdom. Thank you. It's your church. Oh, it's your church. It's not our church. It's your church. And uh, 